you don't deserve all these things. You know, you deserve financial independence, right? Because you've worked hard. You went to college. You got that job, or you've just worked wh whatever job you have. You work hard every day. Why not make that money work for you so you don't have to work until you're 70 years old? This is the Adventure Sports Podcast, brought to you by 180 Tack. Get out there and have some fun. So there's this new backpacking food company called Peak Refuel. And honestly, I, I gave them a shot for my last backpacking trip. Y'all, it was literally the best backpacking food I've ever had in my life. I was so impressed by them that I wanted to reach out and get a deal for our listeners. So if you keep listening to the episode, I'll tell you how to save 20% off an order with them. But until then, here's the episode. Welcome to the show. Hope you're having a pretty good week. Um, before we get into the episode, I just wanted to brief it with saying, when, when I was first getting into this kind of stuff, uh, one of the things I was the most curious about was, how do people pay for their trips? I, mean, I was in college, uh, didn't have a whole lot of money, uh, still don't really, <laughs> but that's besides the point. I always was curious how people paid for these big expeditions, whether it be something huge like Everest or an Arctic expedition, or how they pay for you know months of travel on end. And I read a book. I, we interviewed one of the guys that had the biggest influence on me, Rolf Potts of uh, Vagabonding. Um, but also, I, I was just curious, like, what do you do? How do you make it work? And as I got older, I realized you know that there's a lot of choices you have financially. And today we are talking to a guy named Joe Jimenez, who is a great example of how you can basically build your life to allow for the freedoms uh, financially and time to take big adventures. I realized that the people that were doing the things that I wanted to do had made very different kind of choices in life. Nothing, you know, not saying they didn't own a home or, or had kids or anything, but they just made little changes that, that really added up as well as some big changes that were definitely apparent um, when you looked at their lives and made available the time and money to do the things that were really important to them. So I hope you gain a little insight from this conversation. And if it goes well and you enjoy it, we'll do more of these. We'll do how to prepare financially for big trips as well as how to save money on trips. I mean, the list can go on and on. But... Money was always something that I was concerned with, with doing my adventures, and I'm sure I'm not the only one out there. Um, even to this day, I have to be smart and I have to be creative. Um, I remember my first ever bike trip I paid for by uh, hosting a bunch of yard sales. I literally drove around the town where my college was looking for people's junk to sell and then I'd sell it for you know really low uh, money but I'd let people know at the yard sale that I was trying to raise money to do this bike trip and people were you know very generous and supportive and it was a creative way that I learned in college and there's just all kinds of things like that you can do um, in fact if you have any ideas that that you've tried or that are going through your head with how to save money uh, or make money um, before a trip as well as during a trip, we'd love to hear from you because we want to make these types of adventures available for more types of people. And obviously, one of the biggest 
hindrances is finances. So hope you enjoyed the episode. Apologize for all my rambling. All right, here it goes. So Joe, welcome to the show. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're living? Because I think people find that interesting too. Yeah, so um, I'm living in Sanford. It's a suburb of Orlando, Florida. And for the last four and a half years, my wife and I have been living in a fifth wheel RV. And it's probably around 300 square foot. And um, yeah, as of right now, I'm working uh, for an engineering company, an environmental engineering company. My wife, um, she's a wedding planner, and I help her with that as well. Basically, what I guess we do differently than the the average uh, family is that we basically live well below our means. We save up a lot of money with the idea of obtaining financial independence. And what that basically means is we have enough saved up to where we're earning interest and dividends that our, our nest egg, our portfolio, will fund our lifestyle. And to be able to accomplish that, we live, I would say, we, we like to call it frugal. We're not cheap, we're frugal. Um, yeah, I say the same thing. <laughs> the interesting thing is that we believe that we don't even, a lot of people, when they think about frugality, they think that you're depriving yourself, right? Or you're, you're missing out or, oh, I, I deserve this or things like that. But we, we feel that we live our lives richly and that we do enough stuff that we don't feel deprived. We feel like we're living just as good, if not better, than the the standard, um, you know, the standard family. But uh, yeah, that's pretty much in a nutshell. That's uh, that's me. Yeah. So what what was the motivation to start doing that? Yeah, sure. So there's this. So in 2012, I hiked the Appalachian Trail, and there's this concept called post trail depression. And there's been some people who have since written about it, and it's 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 very real, I would say. And I definitely had that. So I graduated in 2011 with a civil engineering degree. And as you know, we had uh, we were going through our recession at the time after the housing crash, you know, in 2008. So being someone with a civil engineering degree, trying to find the very job that everyone is laying off, it was basically impossible. So I said, you know what? And this is not like me. I'm very much so a well-planned out guy. I, you know, I just like to know what the future holds. So for me to just decide, hey, I'm going to take you know, five months off and they see it was a big step for me. And uh, quickly, once I got on the trail, I realized, wow, this is a great thing, <laughs> you know, and I, I just met such great people, the, the nicest people I've ever met that were f- still friends to this day. And uh, long story long, <laughs> it was a great experience. I finished the trail in four months, 13 days. And then I got back and <laughs> another funny thing is I got married in a month after within a month of returning and then my wife, Dang. Katie, and I, yeah, I know I was pushing it, man. I was, uh, we, our wedding date was September 1st. I was supposed to leave March 1st, but I, with some, you know, things that got life got in the way and I left March 12th. So I had less than six months and then I was going to turn around and get married. So yeah, I got back, uh, we got married and then I, I wanted to continue this lifestyle. So I, my wife and I took a five week road trip from Florida all the way out to California um, it didn't necessarily start off being five weeks. We just, uh, we just, yeah, we just kept going. And then what brought us back home was the fact that we ran out of money. <laughs> so we, we were in New Mexico. Now we said, uh, we probably start getting back cause, uh, we, we don't have much money left. So basically that is what kind of triggered it. Um, I came back and I was, I found myself searching online, you know, how to 
live a good, a happy life, how to live, you know, unconventionally. And I would, you know, I just would just keep trying to find something that would just give, I don't know, I was just searching for something. And in the meantime, I started, uh, I started my first uh, real job. I found some contract work and, and I was making pretty good money. We didn't have much. We, we had a one bedroom apartment and we were saving, but with no intention, you know, we were just like, okay, what are we going to do? And slowly but surely I got into finances and just started learning. I mean, took a lot of research, but just learning once the idea that once I have the finances under control, I can continue to do things like the AT and take trips and do things and live a life that's more on my terms, uh, live a life that I want to live and not just a life of just trying to keep up with my bills and sustain a lifestyle that's just not sustainable, you know, and just basically keep life. It's a, there's a concept called lifestyle inflation. Just keep that at bay and just be content with the lifestyle that we have. And, and I think the AT relates in that when you're on the trail, or I'm, I'm sure a lot of the listeners can relate to this, is is that you, you have a backpack. You don't have very much. You know, you have a little bit of shelter, a little bit of water, a little bit of food. And tell me if you agree, Mason, that's like the happiest you can ever be, right? <laughs> yeah, it's the bare minimum. There's something about just eliminating all those possessions out of your life that you realize how little you need. Exactly. Exactly. And that is with having that experience, I think it, it carried over to our real life hmm. and that a lot of people say, oh, well, you know, you live in an RV. Like, a lot of our listeners would probably be like, oh, that's rad. That's awesome. <laughs> you know, uh, that's what we do or that's a what I want to do. do. <laughs> exactly. So we're, we're, you know, I guess I'm in good company here, but in, in my regular life, you know, some people might, there might be a little bit of a, a stigma to it or something, but you know, that's why I cling to like uh, the adventure sports people is because, you know, we're, we're just like-minded, but my, my goal is I'd love to bring this idea of financial independence just more you know, out there more. And maybe someone who hadn't even thought of it or just thought of the possibilities of what having your finances in order or just knowing, just knowing a little bit. And it really, honestly, um, the numbers are easy. The concepts are very easy. It's more of a mental thing. It's just getting the right mindset of, um, just knowing why you should do this and, and just basically having your priorities in order, you know? So if you want to take all these big trips is really going out and having that hundred dollar bar tab, is that really going to um, accomplish your end goal, you know, is leasing uh, a new Mustang, is that really going to give you true happiness, help you, you know, reach your goals of, you know, maybe biking across America or hiking the PCT or, or what have you, you know, whatever your goal is. Can I ask you, is it cheaper for you to live in an RV? Because we, we actually priced it out out here in Denver sure. and it was, oh yeah. there's like with the lot rate and with buying the RV, it was almost like, dang, I could just it's way more than a mortgage is going to be. Um, sure. Is it different for you in Orlando? It's definitely different in Orlando. Um, so I would say, yeah, because I looked at at one point, we were considering moving out to California a while ago. And I remember the lot rents, they were approaching $1,000 yes. a month. Isn't that crazy? Exactly. Just to park it. Exactly. So um, it, it's, I guess it's situational. So for Florida, definitely. So I'll tell you, uh, our lot rent right here, and this is um, above average. It's more expensive than the typical ones, but we pay $400 a month for lot rent. And I think that's pretty good. In in, our, in different areas around Florida, we've seen our the, the park we used to live in was $325. Um, and then that usually includes water, uh, water, trash, a lot of times cable and internet, crappy internet, but internet. <laughs> 
And so usually all you have to do is pay uh, your electric bill. And that ranges from like usually around 40 to 60 bucks. So that's quite cheap as well. Um, and, and Katie works, my wife works from home. So we have the AC running, you know, a lot. And so I, I think it's, it depends where you live for Colorado. I mean, that's crazy, man. Like I feel, I, we <laughs> considered moving out to Colorado as well, but I know it's, they are growing at a massive rate and, uh, it's just really difficult to, if you're in, in the market to buy a property, I know it's really tough. So you just have to take your situation. I, I know, I know a lot of people in Colorado, they're doing a concept called house hacking. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard of it. Yes, I, I have. Why don't you go ahead and explain it, though? Sure. It, it's basically the concept of buying a house and through maybe Airbnb rentals or having roommates. It's basically uh, renting out a portion of your house to where your your personal living expenses are e- very cheap or either free. And uh, a lot of people, you know, let's just say a 20-something uh, single dirtbag <laughs> right, living in Colorado, if you know, they get their first real job. And instead of, you know, buying this trendy condo in downtown Denver or something, maybe they buy a, like a single family, maybe three bedroom, two bedroom house. And then they live in one bedroom and then they rent out the other two. And then basically the cash flow from the rent covers his part of the rent. You know what I mean? And then it, it helps pay down his mortgage. Basically, there's no living as far as just rent wise, there's no living expense there. Now, obviously, you have to be comfortable with having roommates, you know, or just just sharing your space with others. But if you can think outside the box in that way, you can you could save a lot of money with little things like that. Um, And I I, to me, I carried over from college, right? Like a lot of us, if you did go to college, you you were already used to having roommates, right? So I get it that after we finish college, there's all these pressures to oh man, you know, I've worked so hard. I deserve this right now. And then you get your own like individual apartment that costs, you know, $2,000 a month or whatever. And then that's such a large portion of your take-home pay, right? No matter what job you have, if you, you sp- spend so much money on rent, it's it's just so hard to keep up with your bills, right? You're you're essentially living paycheck to paycheck, you know? Yeah, so, absolutely. And it's, it's, it's really tough. And I know a lot of, a lot of us finishing college with the, the student loan crisis being so severe, it's really hard to, you know, to get ahead of this. So house hacking is one of the levers that is a very, very good tool to use. And again, even if you're not ready to buy a house, another thing could just simply be, hey, look, I'm okay with continuing to rent for the next, you know, two, three, five years, however long, take, you know, have our expenses not be too high and basically keep your expenses into a manageable rate. So that's house hacking. So let me ask this. So you did the AT, you came back, you were depressed, and you realized you wanted to build this life that allowed for experiences like that. It directly led to you living in an RV. Have you found that the RV is about as minimum as it was on the AT for you? You know, I know you just have the backpack, but a normal established life, not normal, but you know what I mean, everyday established life is the RV kind of like uh, proportionally kind of the same, like in the sense of I have so much less to worry about than the mo- than most people, and I can just save so much money. <laughs> yes, man. Yeah, you hit it. You hit it on the nail. Um, I I I feel sometimes I feel that we're kind of we're cheating, <laughs> you know, because because it's just too good to be true. <laughs> correct. Oh, correct. That's awesome. And when I came up with the idea to live in the RV, I asked my wife and I was like, hey, Katie, you know, because I just was thinking, how can we save money? What can we do? I was just, you know, just trying to think differently. 
And I just came across this idea of living in an RV. And, and I told her about it. She said, nope, absolutely not. Nope, no, I'm not doing that. Tell me more because my wife's the same way. <laughs> All right, man, don't worry. I'll help you out with that. So uh, the biggest thing is, obviously, if you're married, you have to be both on the same page, right? So coming off from the AT, I'm coming from living in a tent, right? So I can literally give me a backpack, give me a tent and a Neoware, and uh, I'm going to be a happy camper, no pun intended. But my wife now, she is she's great. She's the best. And she is always uh, willing to go with my crazy plans. And she, she usually is just very supportive. But obviously, when you're living in an RV, there's going to be your kind of, I guess, things that you, you don't have as if you were to have like your own big, huge McMansion, right? Um, we definitely do have our we do have our sacrifices that we get living in the RV. But having said that, if you think about the core, like what, you know, what we actually need to live on and just have a daily life, we have everything that someone with a, again, uh, 2000 square foot house would have. The thing is, we use every single inch of our fifth wheel. So instead of having these empty rooms that now we have an empty room that we feel the pressure to go get furniture, right, which costs money, to fill it up in or oh to get fancy oh now because now we replace the furniture so now the we got to redo the kitchen to match the furniture right <laughs> and then you you begin this slippery slope you know so with RV you get the concept of living small and to me I kind of it, it reminds me of the the simple lifestyle of being on the trail but at the same time I'm looking around right now <laughs> sitting around my RV I have everything that I could possibly want. And, and we, we just live a very rich life in here. We have a, a TV in our bedroom, which we never use, uh, a TV in the living room. We have a mini fireplace to set the ambiance. <laughs> Man, I don't even have a fireplace. That's awesome. <laughs> exactly. It's electric and gas powered. So you could, it actually does have heat. I could even share with you some pictures and you'd be like, you'd be shot. You say, wow, this is an RV. Yeah. I'd love to see it. Yeah. We have, we have a lazy boy recliners and uh, the cool thing about the RVs is a lot of times they come already with all of the appliances, with all of the furniture. You don't have, they're moving ready. And before this, we were living in an apartment where we didn't even have washer and dryer hookup. So we would have to, for, we lived in a year in an apart, one bedroom apartment. We'd have to, you know, haul our laundry down, you know, two flights of stairs into the laundry room and, and just sit there and do laundry. But now, our RV even has a washer and dryer separate. So we do our, so just that alone. There's a washer dryer in your RV. Yes, sir. <laughs> Holy crap. Jeez. We, that alone is a, is a luxury to us. Cause we went from a year of living with laundry. I know it sounds kind of first world problem, but you know, it's a pain, right? Where, it, where it's raining and you got to run outside with your dirty laundry and then just sit waiting in, an, in a laundry room until you're close. Now you could just, we, we just do our laundry here and, you know, just hang out and read a book while we're doing it and just, yeah, with the comfort. So yeah, that's, um, that's the RV living, man. I can talk about that for the whole podcast. Can I ask you this? Did you consider, cause I know even in Orlando, there's a big tiny house community. Did you ever at yes. all consider that versus an RV and, and why did you choose the RV? Sure. And actually you saying that right now in our RV park, we have about, wow, over 200 spaces. There's about seven tiny houses that recently moved in. They're taking over. Well, yeah, yeah, they are, man. <laughs> so actually, so we've been in the RV for about five years almost. And when looking back, when we started the RV thing, tiny houses 
weren't quite as popular. You know what I mean? They were just kind of starting out. I didn't, to be honest, I, I didn't think too much about it. And again, going back to the RV, I know this sounds kind of lazy, um, but Katie and I at the time, we were both, both definitely working full time. She was working 60, 70 hours a week. I was also working hard, not quite as hard as her, but um, we just, the thing about the RV is that they're just ready to go. You know, yeah, that is a big plus. It, it, it I've considered it, and uh, you walk in an RV, and it's like, man, I don't have to do anything. It's just, just ready, just ready to exactly. go. Exactly. And the cool thing is, is we actually bought our. So we kind of did. We we did a, like a hybrid approach. We actually bought our RV from a, uh, a wholesaler out of the Midwest, and instead of going to, because we did look around Central Florida at a couple different dealerships, and because RVs are, they are marked up. They're just recreational. Um, so they're marked up about 30 to 35%. So what we bought for, and I'll tell you the numbers, I'm an open book. So we, we bought our RV for $48,000 Okay. and the same exact floor plan, which mind you is not cheap, but to have all the appliances, everything brand new, since we went through this manufacturer, basically we were able to pick out the color of the couch. We, we picked out everything. We kind of built it, from, you know, even the color of the curtains, to the uh, whether we wanted um, a double, you know, two AC unit. We did everything. We put, we basically, we ma- loaded it out just to the specs that we wanted. And yeah, so the tiny house thing, I, I've actually taught, we have some friends that have built a tiny house. So we know some other people and this is coming from them. <laughs> they build their own tiny house and they're kind of still, it's not completely finished. Um, but they said, man, honestly, if we would have known how much work and cause they did it themselves from ground up. So that's awesome. Yeah. Um, I think there's a component of it's a lot of work. Exactly. But if you want to do it completely customizable and just have that pride of like, we built this, I think that definitely a lot can be said for that. But, um, and they very are, they're just so happy with the way it turned out. But again, I mean, it took them cause they were doing it after their day jobs. They would come home and work till 10 PM, you know? So they did it part on a t- part-time basis. And they said, if we would have known how much we would have probably just, just pulled the trigger and just bought an RV. <laughs> Yeah, man. So, I mean, I guess I have no problems with tiny house. I think they're the cutest things ever. <laughs> uh, we, my wife, she, she, we've talked about it and I think uh, it could be, who knows, we may end up building one in our future when we have time. And now we're just, we're happy. We couldn't be happier with the fifth wheel. So, but yeah, that's definitely a great option as well. The problem with those two as well is parking. Since tiny homes are kind of in this gray area, maybe some RV parks might not allow you to park there there's just more complications so that's another reason i said you know what uh, it's just i don't want to deal with that so we just did the rv thing besides the rv what other like travel hacking and life hacking principles yeah. do you and your wife live by to allow you to take these adventures sure sure so i'll go i'm just i'll just break it down as simply as i can so when trying to get a control of your finances i know a lot of people like to focus on the little stuff, right? There's a concept called the latte factor. Never heard of that. So go ahead. This is, I'm excited. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So a lot of like your financial, I'm, I'm glad you are, man. This is great. A lot of your financial, I guess, kind of gurus say, well, you know, all this money is leaking. If you stop going, you know, to Starbucks every day, you're going to, you're just going to save so much money and that's how you're going to be able to retire early and, and save so much. And that's definitely true. And I agree with that. However, I think you're kind of looking at the treat, you know, and, and missing the forest, as I say, I don't know, you know the saying? Yes. Um, yes. So 
those are, I, I consider there's a lot bigger things that we should focus on. So there's something called the big three. And then we have that for the hiking community as well. But um, the big three of the finance expenses are your home, as we, we touched on, your uh, transportation costs, and your food costs. So if you can take control of those three things and find out for everyone, it's going to be different. For us, it's living in an RV. Um, in Florida, it's really cheap. Our living expenses are very, very cheap. Uh, we live, our, our, by the time we figure in electric and our lot rent and everything else associated with living in an RV, we spend, oh man, probably less than $600. Um, house hacking is another thing. You know, if you buy a, a lot of people like to buy a duplex and they live in one whole side of it and then they rent out the other side and then they can, then their living ex- expenses are essentially zero and then your rent is helping pay down your mortgage. So, to just quickly um, summarize the house hacking, basically what you want to look for is something called the one percent rule. I don't know, maybe you've heard of that, but basically if you buy a house for a hundred and fifty thousand, and that's kind of easy to—I mean, not easy, but that's pretty common in Florida or in some lower cost of living areas. Now in Denver, it might be a little bit trickier. Yeah, you're not going to find anything. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Or even if you find, let's say, if you want to buy a triplex or duplex, if you find basically something for the price, let's say 200,000, basically to f- make sure that that is going to be a good deal. And then this is just a rule of thumb. So it's not a, a for sure thing. You you need to be able to rent out the, the space if you want to buy a rental for 1% of the purchase price. And that after all costs are, you know, associated. So if you buy a house for 200,000, if you can get to somehow get 2000 in rent, wh- whether you break up the bedrooms, right, you know, and collect 700 from each and you know what I mean? And then you have three bedrooms that you rent out or even split the bedrooms. So basically, that's the 1% rule. Um, And that's just a really quick um, back of the envelope math that you can do. The second one is transportation. And we don't realize how much we spend on transportation, but it is a lot. So um, first off, if, if, if you have a brand new car that you're leasing... You know, not to, I, I'm not trying to point fingers here. I just trying to shed light on, you know, a lot of these expenses, but you're, you're giving up so much money to depreciation, right? So if you bought a brand new car in your first year, oh man, like in the first two years, you just, you drop the percentage of the, what that car is worth dropped hugely. So one thing to avoid that big cost is finding uh, a car that's maybe two to three years old with low mileage. And then, you know, if you have cash saved up, trying to buy cash, spending cash on that, now you're not paying interest on that. And the interest rates on uh, on just taking out a loan on cars are not the greatest. Now, they're not credit card level, but, you know, a lot of times you could be paying, oh, I don't know, um, you know, 8% on a car loan. And you don't realize how much money you're just giving to the bank. Like, you know, they, they say, you've heard of this, like renting is throwing your money away. I argue that paying interest is throwing your money away. So if you're if you're if you're paying interest on a car, or if you're you know spending money on a just a, a brand new car that is not fuel efficient, then you're spending a lot of money on on vehicles. It's not even just the the actual purchase price of the car. It's also transportation costs, and then also insurance. Um, my wife and I, what we personally do, I'll just use our example. We have a we drive a 2006 Toyota Corolla. They're very great cars. I, I'd highly recommend a Japanese made car, a Honda or Toyota. Um, they're, they're great and they last a long time. She's approaching 200,000 miles on her car and we keep up with the maintenance and that car, I mean, I, I figure we have a good another 100,000 miles on that and uh, we'll drive that thing to the ground. 
I have a, I also have a motorcycle, which is very, very cheap and I don't have to pay expensive insurance and uh, the gas is cheap. So that's what I personally do. And then, so I'll quickly, I'll jump to the last expense and that is food. And now, oh man, it must be tough for you living in, uh, living in Denver with all those, those great bars and restaurants and, you know, breweries and stuff like that. <laughs> They're all kind of the same, you know, after about, after about five different craft breweries, it's like, you know, how, how many, how many more quote unquote notes can you put in these beers? You know what I'm saying? Jeez. Just give me a PBR. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, that's that's great. But you know, it's like, but it's very much so a thing now. Now people are following. They're they're going out to eat with with uh, Instagram in mind, right? You know, like a lot of these yeah. uh, a lot of these restaurants are maybe like you know the places in like Brooklyn is huge for it. They have like the place that sells like the colorful bagels, and then these donut shops that have all these really cool design. And then you want to just take a picture of this, post it on Instagram. But eating out is expensive. You know, um, and the markup for it is, is crazy. So people don't realize how much money um, they spend just simply eating out. So like I said before, Peak Refuel is a new company making freeze-dried food. And it's literally the best freeze-dried meals I've ever had. You can use it for backpacking, camping, hunting, whatever you want to use it for. And these folks are the real deal. They spent over two years researching the market and creating the perfect recipes and it is just absolutely awesome. I used the meals on my last guided trip, and the people on the trip could not even believe that it was freeze-dried food. Literally, you put a cup of water in it. It's like a cup or a cup and a half. It's, it's not very much water, and it tastes like it came from a restaurant. That's how good it is. If you're interested in ordering some yourself, you can get 20% off by going to peakrefuel.com and use ASP20 at checkout. I encourage you, go get some, try it for yourself. It's amazing. This is Colorado nature photographer John Fielder with a great idea for gifting our state this season. Don't get mad at me. My latest Colorado book actually takes the color out of colorful Colorado. Carpets of purple columbine, forests of yellow aspens, and buff-colored herds of elk are rendered in black, white, and gray. You'll be mesmerized by the edges, shapes, and textures of our most beautiful of states. You'll love it. Visit johnfielder.com to see my new book, Colorado Black on White. That's johnfielder.com. Do you know what you guys budget for that? I mean, are you open with for food? For food? Well, we don't, we're a bit different in that we don't have a hard budget because we don't like to kind of hold ourselves, you know, to a stringent budget, but we spend about for the two of us and we buy good food. We, we spend about a hundred dollars a week or $400 a month. Yeah. That's what we shoot for too. It's yeah. just and I think that's us. a good number. Yeah. You know, we're, we're not, there's a misconception that if you eat a lot of veggies or if eating healthy is expensive. And I, I, I argue with that as well is that, you know, a lot of the, this processed food, and a lot of these snacks and stuff, first off, it doesn't do you any good to your health. And then, so you, you might, maybe you think you're saving a little bit money now, but then your health expenses later down the road are, are going to be, you know, through the roof. Yeah. You're spending way more on that. And then also a lot of that stuff doesn't fill you up. It's just, you know, high fructose corn syrup, empty calories. So I argue that eating healthy can be pretty inexpensive. You know, you buy some good grains, uh, rice, quinoa, then you get some good uh, protein beans. Uh, we actually eat vegetarian as well, and we find a way that 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 saves us a lot of money. We're not spending, 
you know, a lot of money on expensive red meats and, you know, um, so that's a good, I, and I, going back to the budget thing, I think I just like to add here that, um, a lot of people, they just are anti-budget because they feel that it is so restrictive and we agree. So what we do is there's this concept called pay yourself first. You might've heard of that where basically if you have a normal W2 job or any job, uh, 1099, you're working as a contractor or you're self-employed where when you get your money, you know, when you get paid for whatever, whatever source you have your account set to already put money aside, right? You save before either you have it through like an automatic deduction from your paycheck, you, you save to where you take your mind out of it, right? Because finance, people think that it's all, it's complicated. It's all in the numbers. Oh, I have to be really smart to get to obtain financial independence, but that's really not the case. It's really our minds get in the way. And then we think, oh, well, you know, I, I saw, you know, my, my, all my friends are going out to eat uh, and I just don't want to be, you know, left out. So I'm going to go out to eat. Right. And then we go out to eat. And then next thing you know, we're spending a ton of money and then they're, you know, buying appetizers, buying multiple drinks. And the next thing you know, you leave and you have a hundred dollar, right. Bar tab. And you're like, wow, how'd that add up? Right. Yeah. Or, bucks. or you're just saying, yeah. Or it's, it's raining outside. It's so hard to ride my bicycle. You know what I mean? You just expenses add up when you pay yourself first, you take, you take your mind out of it. And you pay yourself first, you, you accomplish all your savings goals. And then I like to tell people that you can spend freely from there. So if your passion is, oh, I don't know, is bicycles and you know, you want to, uh, upgrade your bike or just add some components to your bicycle, that's okay. Cause you've already saved, you know, and if, if upgrading your bike will give you actual true happiness and you can be happy with with, with your new bike, then that's amazing, right? I'm not telling you how to live your life or what to get into. And it's basically you're taking care of yourself, of your future self, because now you have a little bit of financial foundation. You might not have to work overtime or, you know, if your boss tells you to do something unreasonable, you could say, hey, look, you know, uh, it's the weekend and I'm going to spend time outside hiking with my family and sorry, you know, we'll, we'll take care of this next week. Right. And sadly, a lot of employers can take advantage of us because a lot of us don't have, you know, we need that job, right? Because our lifestyle has inflated to the point where we just, we can't take control of it. So, you know, I think it's a, it's a win for everyone. If we were, we got a little bit of financial foundation, we can live a life that's more uh, fulfilling. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, you can tell I'm, I'm a little passionate about this. <laughs> yeah. And now, do you feel like it's made you and your wife happier versus oh, man. versus the alternative, which is yes. more of a normal lifestyle? Would she say that? Yes. And <laughs> oh, uh, well, if she was here, at, uh, I, yeah, she would tell you the same thing. Um, we get it all the time where people say, um, man, you know, it's it just, I don't know, it just, feels really I can't think of the word I'm at a loss for words it feels really rewarding when there's someone in later in life right you know uh in their 50s or something and saying man you know I I want to I wish I did what you guys did you know and when I hear I constantly hear things like that it makes me want to like give this message because we're here to share the message with everyone you know I will sit down anybody that wants to reach out to me I will sit down and talk to you and help you take control of your of your financial situation because I want to help people. And the, the irony is, is, you know, we're frugal and people might say, Oh, well, you're, you're missing out on so much in life or, Oh, you know, I deserve this or, or that. But the irony is, is that so, okay. For example, I'll just 
tell you that uh, this week, this year, Katie and I were able to take a five week trip to New Zealand and we stopped in uh, Hong Kong, Singapore on the way. And we were able to do that because we are, we have a, a decent level of financial independence. And if we had all this stuff, you know, if we had multiple cars, if we had a, a, a very nice house on the lake, and if we ate out constantly, there's no way we would have been able to do that, you know? And to us, traveling and, and doing experiences like that is truly what makes us happy. You have to, at the end of the day, you kind of have to just sit down, you know, with you and, you know, in your wife and say, what truly makes us happy? And you quickly find, and then that for me, it was easy to discover that because I think the trail, and that's why I'm so, I will hold the trail close to my heart for the rest of my life is because it helped me to see this very easily. Now, some people, it's, it's tough, man. And I, and I feel for, for people out there because, you know, you, you go from college, right. To you're just being trained to and get a good job, right. Finish, get a high paying job. Like it's going to be worth it. Right. And we get out there and it's just, you hit the ground running and it's just go, go, go. You know, um, it's so competitive. There's so many people willing to take your job if you're not willing to right, bust your butt and for less pay. So, and employers know that it's hard, man. But, I, and I think there, if you do have a good job, if, if you do have a W2 where you're making an income, why not reward yourself? And I, I turn it on its head and say, it's not, you don't deserve all these things. You know, you deserve financial independence, right? Because you've worked hard. You went to college, you've got that job, or you've just worked wh whatever job you have. If you work hard every day, why not make that money work for you so you don't have to work until you're 70 years old, right? Yeah. Um, you can, for, for me, it's travel. For me, it's experiencing. For me, it's going into the outdoors. For, for the other person, it, it may be something else. It may be, so I'll, I'll use my wife as an example. She's a great example of this. She used to work 70 hours at a big resort, you know, busting her butt. And I, she, she was never available to just uh, hang out with friends. Every time I'd go out, she'd, where's Katie? Working, working, working. And she got to the point where it was like, I can't do this anymore. And we had a little bit of money saved up. So she was able to quit her job. Uh, I said, you know, finally, we just said, no, this is not sustainable. You are unhappy. She was able to quit her job and start her own wedding planning business. And now I help her out with that. And she couldn't be happier. You know, she's doing what she loves, helping uh, couples plan their wedding. And she just, when she gets those reviews, man, it makes it all worthwhile. It's like, yeah, you know, yeah. she just feels so fulfilled because when, you know, so for her, it's starting her own business. You know, for you, I know you're you're seeing a little bit of that with uh, Camp Great and you're just seeing how rewarding that can be. Very but rewarding. When you exactly. Get, when you get a, have, a review, give an experience right? like that for people, it's... Yeah, it's it's like the essence of life now. Like this is what I want to live for. So exactly, yeah, that's so that's cool awesome, for her. Awesome, man. I'm so happy for you. Thanks, man. Yeah. So, and that's the thing is, like, I want to say it's like if you have financial independence, you can do that. You can start your company, um, and then do a lot of the things that a lot of these great people on the Adventure Sport podcast uh, <laughs> they get to do. Man, I, honestly, man, this is like a double-edged sword for me is because I'm hearing about okay, add that to the list. Uh, <clears throat> Um, ski across Antarctica. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Well, I, you but know, you know, just... you, you brought up a good point that this lifestyle, which is the two things I probably value the most is those huge trips. Those like three, four month bike trips or hiking trips. And then also those really, really, really small moments of like talking to your neighbor who's a widow for like an yes. hour and a half in the middle of yes. the day. And those two 
like those two ends of the spectrum are like the most incredible parts of life to me. It's the really, really small things and the really, really big things. And yes. it, like, you know what I mean? Just like that extra cup of coffee just over a conversation <laughs> that you just couldn't have because, you know, you'd had to be in your work by, by that by 930 or whatever. And when you when you are in the, the, the grind every day, you miss out on both of those. You miss out on the sure. really small things and the really big things. And it's like, it seems like what you guys are doing are building a life to allow room for you to take a call from a listener that wants to talk more about this because they, they want to build what you have. And so it's the lifestyle that allows you to share it because you have the time and the freedom to share it. Exactly. Man, you, you right there, I, I just got chills, man. Yeah, you're describing exactly what we want to do, what we want to accomplish, and help others accomplish as well. So I couldn't agree more with you, man. That's, that's, that's it. That's financial independence in a nutshell. Just being, basically, it's, it comes down to having options, right? That, I think that's how I can, to put it in just plain English, is when you have a little bit of financial independence, it doesn't mean having $2 million in the bank. N- yeah, not at all. No, no, no. Just, if you can have, first off, it's, it's growing the gap between how much you make and how much you save right now. Here's another concept that I think works really well is that there's two ways to obtain financial independence. It's either basically living your life into a way that's so, you know, so you have so little expenses that it's, it takes less money to sustain your lifestyle. Right. And I think we're in great company here with all the dirt bags listening in that, you know, oh man, like some people will probably blow us out of the water, right? They're like, oh, psh, you live in a fifth wheel, we live in a van, or you know, <laughs> right. we we spend we spend eight thousand dollars a year, or or even less. You know, that's amazing. And and then the other side of the equation is, you know, making more money, having starting side hustles, um, you know, working a little harder at your job to get that good promotion that can really set you like propel you forward. So basically, it's not one or the other; it's pulling both those triggers. And in, in basically increasing the gap between how much you make and how much you save. So as long as, you know, the greater you can make that gap in between that, the quicker you can um, get yourself to that financial independence. By now, you certainly know who Bent Gate is. That's for a great reason. Bentgate Mountaineering has been sponsoring the Adventure Sports Podcast almost from the beginning, and we really appreciate that. They've made it possible for all the great shows to continue coming your way. We want to say thanks by reminding you to go to them for your backcountry gear. If you live in Colorado, then just stop by their store in Golden. If not, go to bentgate.com. They have what you need from the latest ultralight gear to the tried and true classics for climbing, hiking, and camping, like Arcteryx, Hilleberg, Nemo, Western Mountaineering, and many more. Need advice? They have you covered there, too. Their staff are passionate adventurers who can offer help from their own experiences. Bentgate also hosts lots of events and speakers. Check out their website to see the schedule and to see all of their products. Help take care of the Adventure Sports Podcast by getting your gear from Bentgate Mountaineering. The Adventure Sports Podcast is also brought to you by Powder 7 Ski Shop. Powder 7 is Colorado's premier homegrown and family-owned ski shop. Online at powder7.com, they offer a huge selection of new and used ski gear, plus full tech and boot fitting services at their shop in Golden. With personalized customer service, they set up skiers from all over the world with perfect gear. 
from brands like Kessley, Rosignol, Black Crows, and Head, Powder 7 is all skiing all the time. So check out powder7.com to learn more. Now, back to the episode. My dad told me um, years ago that I still remember. He goes, son, it's not what you make, it's what you spend. And that's basically everything you've been talking about now. He was like, it doesn't, if you make 20 grand a year, and you spend ten, you got ten grand left over. If you make a hundred thousand and you spend a hundred and fifty, well, you're fifty in the hole. Like it does not matter. Exactly. Like who, you, who would you say is in better shape? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Who's in better shape? And that's and because he, he, you know, come from humble beginnings and doing well for himself and people around us that just make so much money and just it, 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 there's a hole that's that much deeper. But so how how can people get in touch with you to learn more and to find out more from you? Sure, man. Um, well, I'm planning on starting a podcast. I don't have that ready yet, but uh, maybe we can add it to the show notes or something once I get it going. Sure, but, um, yeah, and can... I'd love to share once you get it up and running. I'll, we'll share it on the show. Perfect. Thanks so much, man. So you can find me on social media, uh, on Instagram. Um, you'll have to just spell it out. It, it's Joseph McJosepher. <laughs> so i created a long time ago i hadn't yeah, i was like i'm gonna just make a stupid name here and then on on twitter i'm pretty active on there that's a little easier joe j-o-e-r the letter r jimenez j-i-m-e-n-e-z and like i said earlier i'd be happy to talk to anyone and i know like finances can be very intimidating and honestly a lot of the the financial sector they win when a lot of us little guys are intimidated by it right because then they can just make it just so complicated that we either hire an uh, expensive money manager or we just simply don't save. And then at the end of the day, the, the banks and everybody wins, right? Because yeah. then we're taking out then we're taking out credit cards, paying a lot of money on interest, um, taking out loans and everything. And then it's just it's just so empowering when you when you're debt free, have a little bit of a financial uh, backing. You know, then you were saying do all these, the little things and the epic things, right? Yeah. <laughs> we could, we could take those trips. We can go hike the Swiss Alps. And then like you said, we can, you know, invite our 60 year old neighbor, which honestly can probably give you so much life wisdom out for coffee. Right. And just sit down and pick his brain. Right. You know? Yeah, um, absolutely. Exactly. So yeah, that's what, if you want to call me, um, you know, reach out to me, DM me, I will sit down, I will talk to you <laughs> and help you, you know, do whatever, you know, you need. And I would say if, if you're just getting started, um, and you're just, you're say, oh, my financial life is a mess. Just think that you're, it's, it's okay. You know, you're not the only one. It's very difficult. I, I would, I would just encourage you that, uh, you're doing okay. Um, it's tough out there. Um, but I say just, just, take one little thing that you can do. Say, how can I live my life just a little bit differently? And um, I think if you start there, start um, just having a through hiker mindset, right? Like a, like a dirt bag, like a, just, it's okay. You don't have to um, do what everybody else is doing. Just think a little bit differently. I think that can serve, uh, I think that can serve you well. So that's my encouragement to the listeners. I think just think a little bit outside of the box and um, yeah, save that money. <laughs> save that money. Link to the Lil Dicky song. I was going to say Lil Dicky just sang a song about that. <laughs> I, will. I don't know if our listeners listen to Lil Dicky, but I, I do. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, that's so funny. So I had to be, I can't be too serious here. It's, this finance thing can get a little boring, but I like to try to keep it, you know, keep it fun and light. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's, it's a fun, it's a fun feeling when you start saving and, and hacking this life, you know, so. 
if I find that everything builds up on each other, right? So once you get your house costs, you know, in control and then your car costs, you're like, man, I got all this money, you know, and then, but then it's like addictive. It's like, well, I'm not, I'm not just going to go out and blow this right on, you know, something that's just going to end up in the landfill, right? Like I'm going to use this for something meaningful. And then you learn, we didn't even get to the travel hacking. And then we can, if you want to do another episode on completely just travel hacking, man, I can teach people Dude, how to. Yes, <laughs> we, we, we should, uh, let, let's, let's plan it. We'll space them out a little bit, but I would love to talk about that as well. We could start like a little, uh, I don't know, quarterly finance uh, preparedness uh, series. Hey, man, look at that. You heard it here first. Yeah, man, no problem. I appreciate you being on, and I look forward to hearing more from you. All right, sounds good, man. Nice talking to you. All right, have a good one. You too. Bye. See ya. Bye. Hey, thank you so much for listening. If you know somebody that would make a good guest on the show, or if you have a pretty cool story about the outdoors or adventure sports that you want to tell us, please call us and leave a voicemail at 812-MAIL-POD. That is 812-624-5763. You can also send us an email at info at adventuresportspodcast.com. Again, it is always helpful to leave us a review on iTunes. And if you'd like to be a supporter of the show, you can give five bucks a month at patreon.com slash adventure sports podcast and links for all that stuff is also in the show notes. So thanks again for listening and y'all get out there and do something so you can be on the show one day. All right, later. Don't forget if you want to save 20% off the best backpacking food you're ever going to eat, go to peakrefuel.com and use ASP 20 at checkout. Thank you.